All right, welcome back to the Woodbine Sports Podcast. We're bringing you part two of our AFC draft analysis. I'm joined once again by AY and Greg, and uh, we're going to start with the AFC South. Let's kick it off, guys. Uh, how are you guys doing today? Oh, man, good, I'm doing man. great. I'm good, man. I'm good. Happy Memorial Day, Graham. Yeah, happy Memorial Day, AY. Happy Memorial Day, Greg. You too, well, man. You too. It's good to be back with you guys. I'm excited to talk about these... Uh, teams we got remaining specifically the jacksonville jaguars yeah what do you got on them ay well first off i do not like you doug marone but hey times have changed in buffalo we don't need you we're better off without you but hey bye-bye i think you did okay in your draft down there in jacksonville um greg i know that you were uh the first one to really comment when we started this podcast out about after the first guy going jeff okuda cornerback that it was really up in the air based on team to team preference. So I'm going to start with I want to swing this over to you. What did you think about the CJ Henderson pick? Do you have anything on him or were you really surprised that they went this route? Uh, I can't say I'm really surprised. I like the kid. He's obviously got that raw talent coming out of college. He does need a little more polish on him. But the Jaguars traded away both Jalen Ramsey and AJ Bowie in the past seven months. So they needed cornerbacks. They needed bodies there. So I think Henderson's going to be a great fit there. And then I, I like the pick. It's yeah. a need. He's a good player. I mean, you can't complain about it. Yeah. And definitely, you know, losing Jalen Ramsey there. And like you said, AJ Boye, you definitely got some holes to fill. And as you look at their draft, they did take a couple more guys later, but uh, they did have two picks in the first round. Graham, why don't you tell us a little bit about Kay LeVon Chase on? You think he's going to be productive for them coming into the league like right away? Yeah, I do. I, I think that he is going to fill that hole that Calais Campbell and Dante Fowler, like the loss of them that the Jaguars had. I, I think he's going to fill, fill that hole and be a good edge rusher for them. He's primarily a linebacker, but he's also considered an edge guy. Right. Uh, he's got good top end speed and he has great ball awareness on the field. I think that this kid is going to come in and he's going to step up right away for this defense and in, in, in a spot that they are pretty desperate for. Right. I mean, yeah, Calias Campbell, they definitely have some huge holes to fill over there in Jacksonville, and the first two picks definitely were geared towards that. Um, I did like the LaVisca Chenault pick the most, though, out of Jacksonville. The only reason why I like it is he kind of reminds me of Cordell Pat- Patterson, you know, the guy who's played for the Pats and the Bears. Uh, really a dual threat guy. Can catch, can run, uh, can really spice some things up with him in the playbook and open up some opportunities for some other guys around the field. So hopefully he can come in there and be dynamic for them and, you know, help that offense out. Uh, it's been struggling for a while, so let's see what they can do this year. Uh, yeah, and uh, and, and Chenault, when we were talking about Antonio Gibson in our NFC episode, we mentioned that he's kind of like a utility player. He dual threat guy, running back and wide receiver. Chenault is the same way. Only Chenault, it seems he has he's more dynamic in that he can kick return, he can run the ball, he can catch, he, he can run through guys. He's he's he's, he's built too. Yeah, yeah, he's built. He's he's gonna be a, a strong target for uh Gardner Minshew, I mm-hmm. believe. Yeah. So yeah, but yeah, no, the Jags definitely needed some receivers. Their core looks pretty good right now, but DJ Chark is the only receiver that they have under contract beyond 2020 so second round i believe they get a four-year contract usually so so they should be so they at least know who their number one and number two are going to be beyond 2020 obviously they'll need to add in some more pieces but they'll cross that bridge when they get to it they made a good first step getting this kid in there now yeah no and uh just a 
crazy little pick I thought in the fourth round that Ben Barch kid he was a division three football player and if you haven't heard of him he's got a crazy shake that he drank every single morning just to gain 25 pounds to transition from tight end to O-line uh, definitely outplayed his competition was bigger in division three so it, it's just cool to see I think Fred Jackson was division three as well and yeah, college. so I, I'm kind of a fan for for guys who come from these smaller schools and I know Ali Marpet for the Buccaneers a couple years ago came out and you like to see those guys succeed but I thought that was pretty crazy he had a weird concoction if you haven't heard of it look it up Ben Barch he's known for a protein shake so if you want to gain some muscle or body mass I guess just take a look at that I don't think protein shake uh describes that thing fairly <laughs> that thing is that thing was nuts <laughs> I think that they did a good job in this draft at filling all the holes that they lost basically with all the guys that they traded away like Nick Foles and AJ Boye and Jalen Ramsey and Calais Campbell. And it, it, I think that it is important that they drafted the players that they did. The only thing I'm, I'm nervous about with them is that, or you traded away proven talent in the NFL and drafted guys to replace that talent. You didn't really do anything except kind of, uh, kind of downgrading positions. So well, you all, you also improved the locker room though. Jalen, Jalen Ramsey wasn't happy. They had, they had to get rid of him. Yep. There was, so it's, Nick Foles wasn't doing any good on your bench with the contract that he had. Right. I mean, that was a, that was a locker room full of big contracts at one point and a lot of egos. So yeah, yeah so, maybe it was best if they just flushed the toilet here and yeah, moved on to something else, you know? So I mean, honestly, uh, it makes sense because they, they win. They've had two losing seasons since their AFC championship run. Yeah. So what they had was obviously not working. So right. why, why foot the bill on a losing record like that? Right. So, they they're gonna start doing a little bit of a revamp there again. They did just give Doug Marone a extension in the off season, so he'll be around for a little while longer. They're gonna probably try and give him the time to uh, really get this team back on track and hopefully get back to that status that they were at what three years ago now. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what do you guys got for a letter grade for their draft? Letter grade, Greg. What do you got? I would probably throw it. I would throw it at a B plus having being able to draft two first round talents like uh Chasson and Henderson that's obviously g- going to put put your team ahead of some of the other ones. So, I I like their draft. I would say B plus and like like we already said the Chenault kid, he should be plug and play. He should be ready to go. Yeah, I'm going to go with a B. I'm going to go with a B here. I think they got the depth with the corners and uh you know, getting that chase on like Greg said, Clyde Campbell gone. Uh but yeah, I'll give him a B. I'm with Greg on B plus. I, I I like the Chenault pick. Okay. Um, and, and Henderson is is going to be a good talent for them. So, uh, bringing it back here, we are going to move on to the Tennessee Titans. What do you guys think about the Titans' first round pick, Isaiah Wilson? Isaiah Wilson, Georgia, six seven, three hundred and forty pounds. I mean, can you really complain about that? No, no, nope. wouldn't. Especially with the way he moves, I mean, there you can go and watch um, watch tape on him. Uh, with when he was playing in the two years he was a starter, Sonny Michelle and DeAndre Swift were his running backs. Yeah, and yep. he's part he's part of the reason you know their name. Oh right. So he he's a great run blocker. He can move pretty well for how big he is. And so with the zone oriented scheme in Georgia, that's similar actually to what they run. Yeah, they definitely run that multiple power zone. So, yeah, they so I I think that he might have not been the best talent, but I think he's the best fit. 
right. or this team. And I think that with how good Derrick Henry's already been running, man, it's it's scary to just be you're you're adding the perfect compliment to him. Well, yeah, and and he's also I feel like he's probably a, a one of the best replacements for Jack Conklin yeah. in, in this draft. He's he's a, a powerful run blocker and in he he's definitely a guy if you're if you're downhill from him, you do not want to be in his path. Right. Yeah, they definitely I think they made the right move here. They drafted for need, like you said, Conklin to the Browns this year. So they definitely had to fill that hole and this guy's productive. Greg stated he blocked for two of the best in the business in college in terms of running backs and their production. So great pick here. I like it. Second round, Christian Fulton. We've said it since day one, since we've done NFC draft coverage and AFC draft coverage, any player out of LSU, Alabama, Clemson. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, these guys are highly productive, very consistent players. They're coached up well. So I'm not I'm not surprised that another LSU corner comes off in the second round here. Definitely. Uh, Christian Fulton, I I talked about him when we were doing our draft preview. I, I like the kid. He's one of the top cover corners in the draft. He's going to he's gonna fit in with Tennessee because Tennessee likes likes having those aggressive corners. And that he foots the bill right there. And uh, he's going to be a strong player coming in. And when you play in the SEC, I mean, you're playing against the top talent already. So that's yep. always just a huge bonus, too. Yeah, oh, yeah. And, he, and he's going to fill that spot that Logan Ryan, Logan Ryan is leaving behind. And uh, Christian Fulton is out of that LSU secondary. I would say he's probably second best on that on, on that championship winning team. Mm-hmm. So I think that they got great value here in the second round for Christian Fulton. And I, I love this pick. Yeah, me too. Me too. Yeah, I as far as the Titans draft, I, I think that they definitely helped them out. And I'm, I'm giving them an A minus on their draft. A minus on the draft yeah. for the Titans. Wow. OK, wow. I'm going to I'm going to stick with B here. I think they they drafted where they needed to and they they got the pieces they need, but uh I didn't I didn't really see anybody that blew me off the charts. So I just think they got good value at the picks they had, but I'll give them a B here. I'm going to throw them another B plus, but I definitely kind of lean with you two being on either side of me. I definitely lean more towards Graham. Um on that A minus side, they're a high B plus, I'd say. I think Isaiah Wilson's going to come in and just the the perfect fit that he's going to be. That really just gives them a boost. Right. So uh, on to the next team. Now we're going to the Colts, the Indianapolis Colts. Okay. Kind of a big draft for them. They they. I'm interested to hear what you guys have to say about their draft. Well, you know they didn't have the first round pick. Traded Buckner, uh, or yeah, they traded for Buckner. So that was a great addition on their defensive line. Uh, second round though, they went Michael Pittman, NFL DNA. His dad used to play big boy, six four, two twenty. Good uh, senior year for him with one hundred and one receptions, uh, twelve hundred seventy five yards, eleven touchdowns. Pretty good in the forty two four five two speed. So I mean, right here, second round. Um, you know, wide receiver depth was crazy in this draft. So really picking any of those guys, you knew you were going to get production from. But Michael Pittman out of USC, I like to pick. Um, yeah. I I can't complain with it here. No, I I love it. I I T Y Hilton needs some help, man. the The guy is such a great receiver, but he just he can't catch a break. They don't they haven't had a real good number two in a while that just to take some of the pressure off of him. So I think that Michael Pittman's going to do a good job doing that. Obviously, Hilton still will be the focus, which I think is going to help Pittman in the red zone. He, like you said, he's that big body, and with more focus probably on Hilton the kid's going to be able to pull some in. 
I think you'll have quite a few scores. And yeah, and I mean, definitely bringing in Philip Rivers. You know, uh, they got to get the pieces around him to succeed. We already know what he can do, but you know, up, upon signing with them, he had to kind of look at you know Coach Reich and say, "Hey, man, been on the Chargers for a while. My team hasn't really done what it's supposed to do." I need some playmakers in here, so help me out. Because right now, when I'm looking at your uh, team, I just see T.Y. Hilton. So I think it's going to make Phillip Rivers happy, definitely getting a guy like Pittman. And they also, later in the draft, too, they took another guy who was huge at wide receiver in the seventh round. Um, So they're definitely getting bigger bodies in there for Phillip to see. And uh, obviously, we know he likes to throw in the middle of the field ever since he had Antonio Gates and Keenan Allen. So. I think it was a good approach for them to get uh, Philip Rivers some help back there. Yeah, and the the Pittman pick just it just makes sense for the the Colts because they have had no help for Brissett, and b- before that they 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 just ha- haven't had any wide receivers other than Hilton. Like it seems like yeah, yeah. It, yeah, and it's it's hard to win games, and I think having a guy like Andrew Luck for all those years, he was able to kind of disguise that they haven't had very good talent at wide receiver. It was kind of like a Patriot situation, yes. you know, like he, he had that one standout dude. And then like the rest of the guys were just like, Oh, no kidding. Like that guy's on this team now. Okay. <laughs> but you know, they also helped him out by getting Jonathan Taylor as well. I mean, running back out of Wisconsin, huge production there. Yeah. I love Jonathan Taylor. I, I think that he is going to make it. So they're going to have a three headed backfield with Marlon Mack and Naheem Hines. I, I can never say this guy's name. <laughs> Hines and Mack. And then Taylor, I think it's going to be a three-headed backfield. I think that they're really trying to go after that Patriots-style offense and also bring in quality weapons on the outside. Yeah, I honestly, I'm more excited for this pick than the Pittman pick. Mm -hmm. I think the wide receiver was the more heavy need, so I make that makes sense them going there first. But honestly, I could see Jonathan Taylor making a run for offensive rookie of the year. I think that he's going to come in. You got to remember, this is the best offensive line in the league, an already dangerous running game that the only thing that really slowed it down was injuries last year. Right. So, so if that's the case again this year, if Marlon Mack goes down again for another few games and they've got to depend on Jonathan Taylor even more, I think he's, he's going to run wild. Honestly, I hate to say it because I know both of you guys are in my fantasy league, but I'm definitely even going to be looking at him because <laughs> in three seasons at Wisconsin, dude, the guy had 6,100 yards and 50 touchdowns. And exactly, and the I mean, past two seasons, he's had 2,000 yards a season. Like that's crazy production. And I mean, get running a four three nine forty as well with the power he's got. That's that's a scary dude, man. And now he's on an offensive line full of all pro professionals. Yeah, that is a scary dude, man. That's what I'm saying, man. I'm I'm really excited about this ta- Jonathan Taylor pick. I think he's going to be huge. I think he could be more talented than the two they already have there. Oh, and he, he really could be. Yeah, absolutely. The only other standout pick that I had for the Colts was Julian Blackman, safety out of Utah, two time All Pack twelve corner, before transitioning to safety. So that he this kid brings crazy versatility, potentially a second round pick. Uh he had nine interceptions in his college career, but playing corner for his freshman uh sophomore year and then just he was pack 12 two time. I mean, that's that's pretty good and then switching over to safety after that. So that shows some crazy versatility in that secondary, which they need help. Yeah, and Blackman was plagued by injuries a little bit in his college career and that's yep. part of the reason he slid. So Yeah. Um I like the pick personally. I, I think that they needed help in their secondary. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pass happy league, Absolutely. and when you're in a, you're you're in a division with uh, 
Deshaun Watson, it's 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 hard to to keep up. But no, and I also I like the Jacob Eason pick because I was looking into it a little bit more because I was kind of surprised with the crowded QB room that the Colts already had mm-hmm. that they would go and pick a quarterback. But not only is Philip Rivers contract only a one-year contract but Brissett and Chad Kelly all three of them will be free agents after the 2020 season so worst case scenario all three of them leave you at least know you have Jacob Eason right so so that pick actually did make sense once you look into it a little bit more and he's got a great arm strength and sitting behind Philip Rivers and Jacoby Brissett I mean Brissett's obviously maybe not considered one of the top ones but he's definitely probably one of the more intelligent ones coming from that Patriots system oh yeah so being able to sit behind the both of those two I mean Chad Kelly's obviously there too and I think I think that both of those guys can learn from those two it could be a much worse quarterback situation in Indianapolis to learn from that's for sure yeah. you know I mean Philip Rivers proven proven vet probably a hall of famer uh Jacoby Brissett he's done his fair share of work in the NFL so yeah I totally agree with that and I didn't know that about those contracts. That's a nice little fact there that I had no I had no awareness of that. So that's that is a good reason why they want Jacob Eason here. Yeah. Uh so as far as the Colts draft, I'm I'm giving them a B plus. I'm right there with you. I I'm actually I'm going to hop up to an A minus. I think the, the, that that Pittman and Taylor combo in the in the second round, that's any other year, those guys are first round talents. Yeah. Any yeah, other year, those yeah. guys are first round talents. You're right. So You're you right. can walk away with two for two first round talents in the, from the second round. And even, I mean, if you want to consider it part of their draft grade, trading away their first round pick for DeForest Buckner, uh, I, I really, I really like the Colts draft. I'd give them a, I'd give them an A minus. Well, I definitely like what you said too about like you. you you can kind of look at this draft and say, did they really not have a first round pick? Because all the picks they made were great value at that spot. Like Michael Pittman could have been a first round talent. Some, and like you said, any other year. So it, they kind of didn't even miss a beat. It's not it, like by not being in the first round did not hurt them this year in this draft. Well, it's like we said that this draft is one of the deepest drafts we've ever seen. So I, per, that's the reason we're giving teams such high grades on their draft is because right. is because you're pretty much getting first round talents any other year uh-huh. in the second and the third round. Yeah. So True. yeah. B plus for me though. Yeah. Moving, moving on. We're, uh, we're going to hit the Texans draft and the Texans didn't have a first round pick also because they traded for Laramie Tunsil from the dolphins. Ooh, that was, I think they won that trade though. Yeah. I, I, that was, that was definitely a good pickup. I would definitely say that's about, I'd rather give up a first for Laramie Tunsil than give up DeAndre Hopkins for less than a first. And yeah. that's what they did. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. It's, I don't know. I like the kid that they picked in the second round, though. But, oh, Blacklock there? D Tech? Yeah. Blacklock, he's a good, he's a good player. Uh, he's going to give JJ Watt a little more help. JJ Watt's getting up there. He's been having some injuries. He's, he's got to get some help on that defensive line. And in case Watt goes down again, you're not, you're not just floating. Uh, that that line really didn't do much without Watt last year. So getting a new kid in there, he he should be able to take some of that pressure off of Watt to do everything. And I, I like the pick. I don't think it's a home run. We we were just talking about how a lot of these picks have been home runs in the second round. This isn't one I'd really consider. I mean, he's a good player, and he's going to be a very and he'll be a great asset for them. But I I don't know, man. I I. This pick doesn't really sell me. 
Well, I, it's not they, a flashy pick. It, it's not. Yeah. I think it's more of just somebody that's going to be filling a much needed hole that they see that maybe the fans don't realize. Like you said, JJ Watt, man, he's been battling injuries for a while now. And that defense really does rely on a run stuffer in the middle. They got to allow their linebackers to, you know, hit those gaps hard. They run that three, four defense out there. So getting a guy like Ross Blacklock, I think was just kind of like an insurance thing. Uh, but I mean, he was productive in college too. Uh, I know many people had this guy as like the second best defensive tackle in the draft. And I'm pretty sure that's where he went. If I'm not mistaken, uh, other than Brown to the Panthers and the, with the, uh, what was that? Javon Kenlaw as well. Yeah, Javon Kenlaw. Ken yes. But his, his, he's very strong, good hands, quick first step. Uh, so hopefully he can come in there and help out JJ Watt and, and learn from him. You know I mean? We've, we've been talking a lot about rookies coming into good situations, T Higgins, stuff like that. So this is just another guy who's going to be able to learn from an, an all pro and that you can't ask for a better start to your career. But in the third round, they took Jonathan Greenard. As far as linebackers go, the Texans haven't really been known for a linebacker since Brian Cushing, I would say. And this guy is going to come in and he's, he's going to thump. He's going to, he's going to be hitting hard and he's going to be, attacking the hole and he's he's gonna be a good run stopper for him well he also plays behind the line of scrimmage a lot that's what i liked about him um but yeah he had a he had a very good career at florida and hopefully he can just transition that into the nfl yeah he's a high, he's a high motor guy good character uh and he's an overachiever is how he describes himself mm-hmm. so I, I i like this pick i think it's interesting what do you what do you think greg I like the kid. Um, he's he's also good on the pass rush too. I mean, he led the SEC last year with nine and a half ta- sacks and twenty three tackles for a loss, and the and the Texans pass rush only had thirty one sacks. I mean, so that w- that was in the lower half of the league, lower probably quarter. So I I, I like the pick. I, it's a need. They filled it. Florida kids have translated pretty well over in the NFL too. So I I like the pick. It's a good one. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, as, as, as the Texans draft wasn't really that flashy. It, it wasn't like a lot of the other teams in the NFL. Yeah, it it, it, it just kind of it feels flat. But as far as their whole draft, I think that Greenard is is probably their best pick. Like value yes, overall, uh, yes. Okay, yeah, I could see. It. I mean, he definitely brought like Greg stated. I mean, the stats he had in college prove themselves. So as long as he can transition that, he'll be welcomed in that team. Definitely. I mean, and with the rest of their draft, like you said, Graham, it kind of like the Redskins, not flashy, but filling needs. They've got they got another backup tackle, Charlie Heck. He'll be backing up Laramie Tunsil, which, again, good situation. Go in, learn. Great for the kid. Jonathan Reed, you needed they needed some depth at cor- depth at cornerback. So the kid had some injuries in college, so he dropped a little bit. Maybe he could end up being a good value pick in the fourth. Mm-hmm. And fifth round, they were able to pick up Isaiah Coulter. Uh, kids known for his speed, and with him, Will Fuller and Brandon Cooks, Kenny Stills. I mean, these are all speed guys to go along with a quarterback that can move. Uh, it'll it'll be int- it, yeah. I mean, it could it could translate over real well. I mean, obviously, they might not have the playmaking ability or the attention that can be demanded like DeAndre Hopkins, but I think this offense. I don't think it'll be as big of a dip as people might expect. Yeah, probably not. I mean, DeAndre Hopkins is a great possession receiver, and the league is changing. Speed kills in this league. So, all right, Graham, letter grade, what do you got? 
Uh, I'm going to be a little harsh on the Texans, and I'm going to give them a C plus. Damn. Only because I feel like there was better talent on the board at every one of their picks. Okay. That, that they could have done to help. Wow, that's the lowest grade Deshaun. we've had on our draft analysis. I think we had one other C plus. Honestly, I don't remember who, but I think that's been said. Yeah, I think so. Time hmm. or two. Hmm. What about you, Greg? Uh, What's your grade? I give them. I'd give them a B minus. I'm not going to lie. You, you. I was thinking C plus until you kind of sold me on, uh, on some of their picks, and I think there's just there's a real bad taste in a lot of people's mouth over the Texans because of that trade that they're judging them a little heart more harshly than they need to be. Uh, the picks make sense. They they're not flashy, but they make sense. So yep. I'd say B minus. Yeah, right. I, I think I'm I'm kind of right there with you with the the bad taste in your mouth feel for the Texans because of that trade. I think that's part of the reason why I'm being real harsh on them. Yeah, I mean, but hey, everything happens for a reason. I think that they just went out here and tried to fill some holes that they needed, and I honestly think they got good value. This is, I'll surprise you guys. I'm a, I'm a B again. <laughs> I could see, you, were, you were high on them i could see i was i was expecting to be i thought you, were you know like, I, I just or something. yeah you know it's just i don't know it's blacklock i i liked him i like jonathan grenard charlie heck oh, oh offensive tackle like you said john reed they just got guys in positions that they needed to fill and hopefully they can just transition their success from college into the nfl i mean that's what everybody hopes for but with the amount of picks the texans had this year they really need to strike on more than just one or two guys they really needed to hit on their picks this year because they only had, I, I believe, like four picks. So um, they really needed to hit them. Five, but yeah. Four or five, yeah. So they, they were on the lighter end of the pick pick spectrum. So, yeah. Yeah, and um, moving on, we're going to head over to the AFC West, starting with the Los Angeles Chargers, who had the sixth overall pick, and they took Justin Herbert. Can I – I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead on this because – so – the GM, Tom Tom Telesco, was on the Pat McAfee show, and he literally sat there and said, yeah, we kind of figured that like trades weren't really going anywhere, so whatever of the top three quarterbacks fell to us, we were going to take. Oh, my God. What a no. vote of confidence no. for Justin Herbert. Yeah, well, if Tua was there, we probably would have taken Tua. <laughs> yeah, literally he said, yeah, if anybody else, yeah, oh whichever one God. of them, wow. yeah, we'll take them. Yeah, like that just blew my mind. Yeah. Wow. That, and coming into so, a, a room like that with with just Tyrod Taylor there, basically, and 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 I'm, and I'm not even sold on the kid. I mean, yeah, I I was I already said what I really had to say about him, but I really just wanted to get that story out. That like it's one thing to actually do that, but to admit to it in the media as well is just because because now Herbert knows. Yeah. Herbert knows that if if. If a team would have picked him in the in the top five before the Chargers got to the sixth pick, he would have known that he was wanted there now. Right. Yeah. yeah it's it's gotta be at the char- weird. At the, char- no. at the Chargers, it's just, oh yeah, he was the one who was there, so we took him. Yeah, that's see, that's rough. I, I feel bad yeah. for that kid now. Yeah. But if maybe the situation's a little different than how he worded it, but <laughs> I man, it's, it's just it's uh, not. It, there's no way you're it's scratching different. your head on that one. I'm, I'm, I'm literally physically sitting here scratching my head. Yeah, like at, why? At, the, at, at this story because because the kid's really not that bad. It's not that he's that bad. It's I feel like he is overshadowed by Tua and Joe Burrow a lot. The other, but he doesn't exactly have the greatest stats in the world to back up or justify him being a top ten pick. 
I don't know, man. I think he's going to be one of those quarterbacks that even if he turns it into a solid career, I think he's going to be one of those quarterbacks that we look and we're like, yeah, they kind of reached on him. You know, I just hope he doesn't turn out like a Joey Harrington. I, I really like Joey Harrington out of Oregon uh, when he came out back in the day and he went number one overall and ended up getting washed out. Unlike you guys, I honestly do like this kid. I I like his prototypical size. He's 6'6", 237, big frame, and he, he can actually run too. He's He actually reminds me a lot of Josh Allen in terms of play style. Maybe not how he plays, but like the build, the tangibles the, the tangibles he has it's very similar strong arm he runs i mean he got the mvp in the rose bowl he ran for three touchdowns in that game uh and his whole entire career he had 10,500 yards 95 touchdowns and 23 interceptions i mean so yeah he didn't play in the best uh conference but neither did Carson Wentz neither did Josh Allen and and a bunch of other quarterbacks that came out in these drafts before uh, I think if he's get put in the right situation, I mean, walking into a room with Keenan Allen as your number one receiver, that's wow. That's great. That's a good start. So hopefully they can just protect the kid, let him learn. And maybe they do just let Tyrod Taylor take the starting role this season. And they let him just watch the game from the sideline. Cause honestly, that was the best thing that happened to Josh Allen and maybe the best thing for any young quarterback coming into the game. I mean, the Packers get in love and uh, it, it's probably just smarter to let, these kids watch from the, the sidelines for a couple of years before you throw them under there. I feel bad, man, because let's be honest, even if we are trying to take on to this media role now, I mean, he's probably a real good dude and I'm just sitting here crap. Well, no, I'm actually surprised that you're cracking on him so hard because you're like you said, man, the giants did this last year, dude, like with Daniel Jones, everybody was skeptical of this pick and Dave Gettleman was it's never so funny. Sure fire. It's the, it's the sixth. I was going to say it's the pick sixth too. pick too. So it's, so it's, it's just, I feel like he's walking into a better situation. Dear God, dude, you just turned that on my head. I mean, because you got the same thing. Weak conference, six overall pick, seems like a reach. Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I don't know. I'm surprised well, that you're actually as hard on this kid as you are. And honestly, he's he's got more tangibles than Daniel Jones. Coming out of college. And he's got better stats coming out of college yeah. than Daniel Jones. So I don't know, man. I just, I don't know. We'll see. May, I, I, I hope think, obviously I think I you don't, just don't want to see another team do what the Giants did and you just no, want to be the honest, only I'll be 100% honest. I didn't even do, <laughs> I didn't even put two and two together and realize that I will admit it is it looks like the same exact situation. Right. And obviously I hope I'm wrong. I do. I like I said I kind of feel bad like just being so hard on this kid because he he's he is a kid. He's still sitting here just trying to do his job. Like, right. Right. So I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope this kid comes in and plays well because obviously this is his career that we're talking about. Yep. But I don't I I'm not petty enough to wish I'm right and sacrifice this kid's career for that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I hope he does come in and do well. I mean, I don't have anything against the kid. I just I'm not completely sold on him. And and the big thing I think is was just I liked that the Dolphins were willing to take the risk on Tua. Yeah. But sure. Going back in, they traded back into the first round with the with the Patriots and picked up Kenneth Murray. They gave up a second and a third round to get back into the first round. Do you guys think that's given up too much for a kid like Kenneth Murray? I I do think it's definitely worth trading up into the and back up into the first round with the Patriots for this pick because Kenneth Murray is probably he's definitely going to be a top five linebacker in this draft. And I know he's been argued by Greg a few times as being a top two linebacker in this draft. I'm not quite there, 
but I will agree that it's top five. I think that he is definitely going to fill that hole that Thomas Davis is leaving behind after the team released Thomas Davis this year. And I'm very interested to see what another Oklahoma linebacker can do in the NFL. I, I, I like Kenneth Murray to the chargers. I just, I don't know with how deep this draft is giving up a second and a third round pick for him. That's what we're going to have to wait and see if it was worth it. Well, yeah, because it's, it's steep. Yeah. It, it's, it's steep because you think of it, they could have kept, they could have kept their second and third round pick waited, picked up Zach bond in the second. I don't think he would have still been there in the third, but, and you would have still had that third round pick. And I think Zach Bond is still a good, and I don't think he's good as good as Murray, but I th- he's still a very good linebacker nonetheless. Definitely, productive, so, yeah, yeah. So I mean, I like Murray. I think he's going to be a good fit for them, but he's he's going to have to come in and he's going to have to play really well to justify giving up a second and a third for him. Right, and you know the draft analysis you've had on this guy, man. You've definitely always talked about how much of a downhill runner he is. He will hit you. He will meet you in the gap. He's He's uh, kind of misspoken about when it goes sideline side to sideline speed. Like he he's actually really productive in this run game, and he's probably better in zone coverage than people give him credit for. So I think that the Chargers saw what you saw, Greg. I mean, like I like you've always stated, you're high on Patrick Queen and Kenneth Murray since coming into this draft, and I think that they just saw the same thing: a highly productive linebacker who's going to be able to help them out in the run game and really send a message and and set the tone in their games going forward. Uh, and, and having Joey Bosa up in front of him, you know, this this gonna defense is going to be a very good uh, front seven on on that side of the ball, I think, this year. And so, yeah, I, I, I like what they did here. I think it was worth it if they think that they saw something in him. So as long as he translates that college performance to the NFL, we're going to be all right with this pick. And, you know, I like the Joshua Kelly pick running back out of UCLA in round four. Melvin Gordon gone. Uh, that's big shoes to fill. Nobody's expecting this kid to come in and just take over that starting role over Eckler. He's he's earned that right. But they definitely need a number two running back. And this kid, he's a high motor guy, fights for yards, and he's hard to take down. So He's um, a patient runner. Yeah, and he also catches a lot out of the backfield too. So he's very dynamic, and I, I think they were just trying to fill that hole of Melvin Gordon leaving. Uh, what, Greg, what do you think the letter grade for the Chargers draft would be? Um... Well, I'm assuming it's like C minus with the way he was talking about Justin Herbert. I'm assuming it's like a C plus because it, he didn't give as much love to his boy. Yeah, Murray. Murray. Yeah. Uh, see, I, I I don't have any issue with Murray though. I I love the pick. It's just they gave up a lot to get him, and so he's just he's got big shoes to fill to make sure that it was worth those picks. I'm actually going to surprise you both and give him a B. Whoa! Because whoa. I like that Kenneth Murray picked that much. Oh my god! The only reason it's it only reason <laughs> makes up for Justin Herbert. <laughs> oh, and like I said, you guys, you guys talk me down. I I get all worked up. You guys, you guys talk me down. You get me, you get me back down. And maybe I'm a little hard on Justin Herbert. So maybe that brought up the grade a little bit. It's honestly, it's. I, I really like the Kenneth Murray pick. I think he's going to come and he's going to be a real good player. If Justin Herbert can come in and and do what people are expecting him to do, uh, I think that I think they have a solid B draft class this year. They filled in a lot of holes with some depth, and they were able to build up both sides of the ball with losing two 
two of their picks. Right. Yeah, I'll definitely I'm gonna stick with the B as well. I'm I'm just on the B train today. Yeah, I mean I'm gonna surprise you guys a little bit. And I'm gonna go with an A minus. Yeah. I just had a heart attack. <laughs> yeah. The reason being is that I've fallen and can't get up. I really think that Kenneth Murray trading back up into the first round to get the guy that you want means something to me. To get one of the top two linebackers? Yes. If you want to call them the top two linebackers, yes. Um, but yeah, as as I was saying, I think that trading up to get your guy, if you truly believe it's your guy, it's not a bad move until it blows up in your face in a few years. So as of right now, it's an A- minus for me. So moving on here, we are going to head into the Broncos draft. I personally am extremely excited about the Broncos draft. I cannot wait to see what kind of talent they got for Drew Locke on this offense. What what do you think, Greg? Dude, I I love this. I love this draft too. Um, I, I really hope that Drew Locke can come in and play like he did at the end of last year. I know there's a lot of questions about him being the starting quarterback coming into the season because obviously now he's got to come in and show them that they have reason to be confident and they gave him a reason that he shouldn't really have any excuses. I mean, they focused on the offense with their first one, two, three out of their first four picks first. Yeah. So they, they pick up Jerry Judy for him, which is just, I, I love the kid. I think he's the best receiver. He's going to have the best career coming out of the NFL, coming into the NFL. Sorry. He's got that big play potential. I think he's he's going to be great. Yeah, I definitely think Jerry Judy's the more refined route runner of the wide receivers that came out in this draft. Uh, offers a lot of like quick routes for Drew Locke just to get those three steps back and you know let it loose so that hopefully they can get their rhythm down. Um, but yeah, I don't know which one of you said it in the past episode that you weren't really sold on Drew Locke, but it was me. Yeah, but I I'm mean, not, I'm not totally sold. You on know Drew what? You, if you're not sold on Drew Locke, you might be at the end of the year. I mean, they definitely won out there. They, they they're trying to help this kid out by getting KJ Hamler as well in the second round. And, you know, Drew Locke's he he's been hitting up Peyton Manning like there's there's talks all over social media that he's been picking Peyton Manning's brain since he started for the Broncos and everything. So. The kids and trying. The, yeah. Go ahead, Greg. I was just going to say, and don't forget, they've got Cortland Sutton, too. Right. So you got Sutton, Judy, and Hamler as your three receivers right. going into the season. And they had Deshaun Hamilton. I mean, Deshaun Hamilton hasn't been like the, the greatest production-wise, but he, he still has the tangibles and the, the speed and the skill sets that they look for in their receivers out there. So they're definitely going to be going back to their West Coast side. They're going to be doing these, you know, shotgun sets and have Philip Lindsay back there catching balls out of the backfield, screen passes, stuff like that. But I definitely think. Well, they also added Melvin Gordon. Right. So, I so. mean, that man, these guys, I'll tell you what, if Drew Locke can come together this year, I mean, this this team and the Raiders team scare me in terms of like they they make me feel like a lot of people are overlooking them. But like the talent is right there. The, like, the, the reason that people are overlooking them is because they're in the same division as the Chiefs. And that's that's what this draft for that team and the Raiders, for that matter, have shown me is that these two teams are trying to basically keep out. up. They're, they're just trying to keep up and they're trying to beat the Chiefs at their own game. Yeah. By, by outscoring them. And it definitely looks like that if you look at this draft board for the Broncos. I mean, they're, they're definitely getting a lot of speed. The Chiefs biggest... Uh, 
hit on them for the past couple of years has been their secondary in the defense. So why not just load up Drew Locke after the the Chiefs formula, you know, get some weapons around him and let's see if we can just outrun some teams. And I think well, Broncos are going to be hot on the heels of, of the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs still pull off this division, no doubt. Yeah. But especially with that expanded playoff spot, I think the Broncos are going to make a serious run for it. And I don't think they're going to be a team that you want to play in the in the uh, postseason. Yeah, I'm, I'm not quite there on the Broncos only because I'm not sold on Drew Locke. But uh, getting into the Broncos second round pick, KJ Hamler, this kid is very exciting to me. And I think that him and Jerry Judy both being drafted by the Broncos, I think that they are going to complement each other so well. And going into that locker room with Cortland Sutton, I think that the best way to find out if Drew Locke is actually worth it is to get him as many weapons as possible to, to try to determine whether he's there or not, like that he's going to be the guy. Right. And Elway has had a very hard time finding a replacement quarterback since Manning left. So time will tell Hamler on uh, it. He's kind of an undersized guy, but he, he will do well in the slot on this team. Mm-hmm. And that is exactly where I think they're going to put him with, with Sutton and Judy on the outside, taking up most of that coverage. I think that, that Hamler is going to be a, a dynamic playmaking threat that is going to be extremely hard to stop this year in the slot. Yeah, I mean, he was highly productive in college, man. He broke Saquon Barkley's freshman all-purpose yards record with 1,477 yards, and then in 2019, he had 1,586 with eight touchdowns. So he's he's a a home run hitter just about as often as you can be in this sport. I mean, anybody else really stick out to you deeper in their draft, Greg? Uh, number 83 overall, Lloyd Cushenberry third. A lot of people considered him a second-round talent. Mm-hmm. So to be able to pick him up late in the third round, he started the last 28 games of his career in a row for the LSU. And I think he he was a big part of that offensive line. When you, got, when you, need, when you have a good center, you've got a good anchor for the rest of your offensive line. And I think he can come in and be that. I'm really excited to see what the Broncos are going to do this year. Heck yeah, man. And, you know, Cushenberry, they lost Connor McGovern this year in free agency. So that was a great, great need to fill that hole. But like you said, man, he he started a lot of games for that offense. He's seen a lot of good quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers come out of there. And a big part of why we hear about them is because of those front dudes. So, but he was 24 and three as a, as a center at LSU. So he definitely comes with winning caliber, um, pedigree and everything i mean he's he's ready to go in the nfl i think he might be one of the best centers i think he is potentially the best center in the draft potentially wow. but i would still put i'd still put caesar, caesar ruiz yeah he's he's a more proven talent i think yeah. but and, but and I mean, he 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 they've kind of had a hold of broncos the last couple of years since they lost matt paradis to uh free agency so getting getting this kid in the third round at center is going to fill a need that this team has been lacking. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to have a strong locker room presence and he's going to be a good leader on that offensive line. What do you got for a letter grade for the Broncos, Greg? Letter grades. Uh, I would say coin flip between B plus, but I almost want to put them at an A minus. I really like the two receivers they picked up. Even, even picking up the tight end in the fourth. I mean, like I said, they've put they've put drew lock into a position where he's, he's got to win. He's got everything that he needs. It looks like. So I think I'll give him the a minus actually. 
Giving them the A. I'm going to give them the B plus. I'm going to get my highest grade out today. B plus just because they got Jerry Judy, KJ Hamler. Uh, we made it point over and over again. They just they put Drew Locke in a position where when he gets in that huddle, man, it's balls in his court. That is He's exactly got, the reason I'm giving them an A. Yep. Ooh. Yep. Is because you gave Drew Locke all the tools that he's going to need to succeed. Yeah. If he doesn't succeed, that's on him. Yep. So that's why I'm giving them an A. So moving on, we're going to get into the Las Vegas Raiders draft. Man, it feels weird saying Las Vegas Raiders, doesn't, doesn't it, it, guys? It it, it kind of doesn't ring off the tongue very well to me, no. to be honest with you. I, I'm not sure. I don't I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. I'm I'm wondering, you know, how the players are going to hold up out there. Uh Shout out to our other uh, podcast, Buffalo Binge. Graham already uh, stated that he thinks that that Vegas uh, scene is going to really mess with some of the younger guys coming out in this draft. So we'll just have to see how that plays out. But but getting into the Raiders draft, Henry Ruggs with the first being the first wide receiver taken off the board in this draft. Mm-hmm. How do you guys feel about Henry Ruggs? Where does he rank to you among the wide receivers? I don't know, man. I. I would say he's definite. He's got to be in conversation in the top five just because of his ability to just break stuff off. Was he deserving of being the first wide receiver taken off the board? If John Gruden liked him that much, then yeah, that's the thing. Is we always talk about that. If if a player's going to fit what the coach wants or the GM wants, then if they're worth it, then yeah. Um, would I have put him as my number one receiver? No. No, I think CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy are both better receivers. He's playing at Alabama where there's just talent literally everywhere. You can't feed Jerry Judy just Yeah, Jerry Judy Jerry went to Alabama Judy. too and he had a better yeah, he, a better, better but that's what I'm saying. So career. that's where that's that's the main argument then. We're basically talking about a speedster and a route runner. Jerry Judy didn't always run those crazy routes that would get him downfield in, you know, four seconds. Jerry Judy was running the out routes, the in routes. He's the bigger frame guy. He's he's the dude running the slant across the middle. Henry Ruggs is running those fades. He's running those deep ends. He's running those post routes. And, you know, once he gets behind you, he's gone. But as far as where he ranks, I would give him top five just because of the threat of him running. I mean, he's he is one of the fastest guys in this whole entire draft. He's He's an exciting player to watch. Didn't, um, didn't he have the fastest 40 time at the combine? For wide receivers, yeah. yeah. So, it, I don't know. I John Gruden has a certain system that he's always run, and I just think this draft literally set up the Raiders to succeed right now. It reminds me of the older Raiders drafts where they used to just take the fastest guy. Darius the, Hayward. Yeah, man. the fastest <laughs> guy in the draft, no matter what, with the first yeah. round pick. So you don't like the pick? It's not that I don't like the pick. I just I don't think that he's the best overall wide receiver in this class and should have gone off the board first. I, I agree with Greg. I think it's CeeDee Lamb or or Jerry Judy. Okay. I, I mean I could I agree. Those guys, if I were a GM, I would take one or two of those guys before Henry Ruggs. But they already have Tyrell Williams there. They already had Hunter Renfro there. And Renfro made a name for himself last year. Uh Tyrell Williams is a big body guy. So maybe they just thought to put Henry Ruggs all around in formations and different schemes and stuff like that. Maybe moving him around, getting him in the screen game and stuff is just they needed another element type of receiver that had that speed element, you know? Yeah, I I think he's a top three receiver in this draft class for mm-hmm. sure. But yeah, but, and I I definitely put him I definitely put him third behind Judy and Lamb. I mean, I'm not I'm not saying the kid's no good. I'm just saying that if if I were picking, he definitely 
the question was asked if you were picking, would you put him in the top receiver? Right. And I that that's a no for me. No, he's but, not. He's not for me either. But, right. but looking at like you were just saying though, but looking at what the Raiders already have, it makes sense. They need, they didn't have that deep threat. They already had that big that big route runner in Tyrell Williams. Yep. So they didn't want to just be redundant and pick Jerry Judy. So it, it the like I said, the pick makes sense. So the pick, the sorry. He fits what they need, so the pick makes sense. Right, right. So they didn't think he would be there at 19, so they picked him there. And, I mean, I, it it makes sense. I mean, so. Yeah, I mean, and like I was saying earlier, I feel like the Broncos and the Raiders are going to be the most surprising teams in this division and in, in this side, in this conference, just because of the fact that they went out, they got Josh Jacobs last year, running back, bell back. So now they got Tyrell Williams, they got Hunter Renfro, who they call third in Renfro. They get uh, Henry Ruggs, they get Lynn Bowden Jr. later in the draft. This is going to be a spread team, and they got the right kind of running back who can run by himself. He doesn't need a lead blocker, so you spread the teams out. Both these teams did this. So I'm really excited to see if some of these guys that maybe don't have the biggest names in these offenses they just they're in the right scheme at the right time with the right coach and i'm interested to see how it translates so with greg saying that the broncos are going to be right on the chief's tail for the the division this year i really think it's going to be these raiders i think that their car is a more proven talent in this league than drew lock is and i i, I feel like john gruden is setting this team up for success to try to at least i i try to at least outrun the chiefs. I don't think they'll be successful at it. Cause I think it's going to be extremely hard with, mm-hmm. with what the chiefs added and mm-hmm. with how Patrick Mahomes is, is just a God. It seems like yeah. when it comes to being a quarterback. So I, I like the pick Greg, how do you feel about their other first round pick Damon or not? I think they reached for the kid. I agree. Full I mean, reach, huh? Full yeah. Reach. I, yeah, I mean, I know I was just sitting there saying uh, if it's a good fit, it's not a reach, but I still think this was a reach. Yeah. Like, didn't the I, I don't know. Like the, I feel like the Panthers got better secondary picks in later rounds than this kid. I think there are some better kids in the third round than this kid. Yeah. But hey, you know what? Mike Mayock's been doing this for a minute. John Gruden's been doing it for a minute. Well, the same thing happened with Cleland Farrell last year. Nobody yeah. had him going in the top to, uh, top 15. He was top 10, I think. Top I th- 10 picks, yeah. I think he went at like 11. Hmm. Or no, he went at like 3 or 4 overall, didn't he? He was high. I know yeah. he was higher than usual. But they, a lot of mocks had him in like the 20s. Yeah. And uh, Mayock just took him anyways. So if he, if he's Mayock's guy, he's taking him. Yeah. he. That, that's what this pick proves to me is that if you're Mayock's guy, he's taking you early and... Yeah, it, it doesn't matter to him. If they like it, it they like it. It's just yeah. a scheme fit at this point. Because yeah. if we're scratching our heads wondering why, then to them, it's obviously a scheme fit. So I do, I do agree with Greg though that he did, he definitely reached, and that there was better talent on the board for sure. But Jalen Johnson work, being one of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but we'll have to wait and see. I mean, if it works, it works. I mean, what you guys were just talking about though, the only thing I could really think of was that is the most Al Davis thing ever. <laughs> no, that's, that's how I feel. That's how a, I feel about the Henry Ruggs pick. Is that's the most Al Davis thing ever? Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I would say both of them because, like you said, they always pick the fastest guy, and they don't care where they pick him. If it's their guy, it's their guy. Yeah. So, kids, fifty eighth overall prospect by most by a bunch of scouts. Nah, man, we're picking him in nineteen. Yep, so, let's do it. Let's I mean, go. Like I said, uh, we had it, 
it looks like a reach, but we'll wait and see if he comes in and he produces, then it's hard to argue. Exactly. Exactly. Round three. I like the Lynn Bowden pick uh, wide receiver out of Kentucky. Uh, he had a kind of a cool college career. If you ask me, actually, he uh, he had to play an emergency quarterback role last year um, for his offense. The quarterback went down and he ended up being the option quarterback for them and actually did pretty well. He averaged 7.9 yards of carry on 185 carries, and he led the team to a 6-2 and two record. Uh, but the year before that, he was actually a wide receiver, and that's what he is coming out of the draft, another wide receiver. Uh, 67 catches for 745 yards and five touchdowns. But I just thought that was like a, a very odd college career. To, yeah. to like, I wonder what that's like to evaluate. You know, Do you view him as a running back more than a wide receiver? If no. he's playing quarterback, an option quarterback, and then all, you know, but he was productive at both. So I thought that was cool. Yeah. Uh, and it's just interesting to me, the Raiders draft, because they took with the first three out of their, the, the out of their first four picks, three of them are wide receivers. And that just tells me that they're also trying to do what the Broncos are trying to do with keeping up with the chiefs in this division. I'm interested to see what the Raiders are going to do. What do you think about that kid, Greg Bowden? Honestly, I'm not super familiar with him. Um, he was one of those players that I might have my that I must have overlooked when I was researching because you guys were saying, <laughs> I'm like, who is this kid? Oh but, no. <laughs> but no, man, I mean, we'll have to wait and see how they really want to use him. With his size, most likely, he's probably gonna be running out of the slot. I John Gruden's one of those guys that I'm always fascinated with. So I'm 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 excited to see how he's gonna how he's gonna use this kid. As far as the Raiders with their draft overall, if I'm giving them a letter grade, I'm giving them probably a B only because I think that Ruggs being the first wide receiver taken overall, it fits their scheme. But I think that the other two guys, CeeDee Lamb and uh, Jerry Judy, were better overall wide receivers. That and I feel like they reached for the corner in the first round. Okay. How about you, Greg? What's your grade? Um, I throw them at a B too for same reasons as Graham and like, Obviously, they're trying to give Derek Carr weapons, but like I'm, I'm sitting here like looking at their uh, draft class again, and then considering that they already have like a Tyrell Williams, Darren Waller, and Hunter Renfro. Yep. Between like between the talent they had, it's it's almost seeming like it's crowded. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, one maybe two wide receivers in this draft would have been okay. Yeah, like I, it, I feel like I feel like they they I think that third one was just. You could have know. gone somewhere else. Yeah, they could they could have addressed one of their other issues. So, yes. I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe all these kids will be absolutely insane. Maybe Bowden ends up playing more running back than anything. So well, it just shows me that our guy Zay Jones that got traded to them last year is on the outs with this team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, I was a high fan on Zay Jones coming in, but his say, career just back. hasn't, uh, hasn't but panned out. For myself, honestly, I'm gonna give him a C plus. Uh Reason being, like we've stated, Henry Ruggs, there was there were better talented all-round wide receivers available. The Damon Arnett pick. The I you know, the Bears got a great corner in the second round who just was a little yeah, injury prone, Jalen who Johnson. potentially could have been the, the the second best corner. They could have taken him. Uh Lynn Bowden, I know I talked him up, but that's a that's a whole year as a quarterback instead of running routes. And now you're being drafted as a wide receiver to the NFL playing professionals who get paid millions of dollars to shut you down and you just missed out a whole year of route running. That's a big hit on me. I I think they could have done a little better in their areas that they drafted and the players that they picked where they picked them, they could have got the same position with a higher value. 
So moving on here, we are getting to the final team that we're going to cover in this draft, and they are the Super Bowl champion Kansas City Chiefs. Talking about Edward Solaire, he's coming out of LSU. He just won a national championship. This this kid's going to come in to a Super Bowl winning champion team, Offense. and he's, and coming yeah, and coming off of a national championship. This kid already knows how to win. He's going to fit in great with this offense mm-hmm. and. This this past year, the Chiefs didn't have the same success in the running game that they did when they had Kareem Hunt, and I think that this kid's going to bring back some of that success. Maybe not all of it, but he's definitely going to be an improvement to what they had last year. Mm-hmm. So it, it's interesting. I, I I definitely think that they're going to be making another run to the Super Bowl this year. Oh, yeah. And they definitely needed it too because they dealt with a lot of injuries at their running back position. Damian Williams missed time at three different points during the season. And then they, they Spencer Ware ended up on the injured reserve. Daryl Williams. They needed they needed that depth. They've got some injury issues back there. The big question is just was he worth the being the first running back selected? Andre Swift and Jonathan Taylor were available at that point. So we'll have to see how he fits into their offense and see how well he can do. It's it's a crowded it's a crowded offense, but everybody's gonna get, get their chance at having the ball and Oh yeah, everybody's getting a bite of that pie, baby. I mean, nobody's gonna go unnoticed in this offense, but Going into round two, this was actually my favorite pick by the Chiefs just because the Chiefs have always had an awesome pass rusher. Justin Houston, Tom Bahali, D. Ford. You know, they're always evolving people to the to that next level. And I'm really curious to see how this Willie Gay Jr. turns out from Mississippi State. Uh, huge edge presence, had a very productive produ- uh, productive um, college career. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see if he can just come in and be a day one starter because I think that they got another day one starter in round two. Yeah, for sure. I, I Willie Gay Jr. is he's a rare combination of size, length and speed and him being 6'1", 243. The guy moves like a gazelle. He's a gr- he's going to be a good pass rusher and, and he's going to kind of fill that hole that they lost when they lost D Ford. Yep. So I'm. I'm really excited about this kid coming to play for the Chiefs, and it helps that defense who, even though they haven't struggled in the pass rush, I think that he's going to bring a new tone to that defense that they desperately need. Well, you can never have enough pass rushing in this right. league. You know, pass happy. Uh, but, yeah, I, what do you think? Are you have anything on him, or were you, did you have somebody else not, in the draft that they kind not of Not him specifically, but just the rest of the draft, uh, I really liked what the Chiefs did. They... They picked good players that don't need to come in and start day one. I mean, other than maybe Willie Gay Jr., because Willie Gay Jr. does have the talent that he'll probably start this season. But the rest of their draft, they brought in these players that they can take time to develop. They have enough depth at those spots that they can really just develop these players. And then in a couple, couple, two, three years down the road, when they have to start paying this offense, a lot of these players are on the defensive side of the ball. So they're going to have those nice, cheaper rookie contracts that these kids aren't going to be getting paid as much that they can kind of focus a little more on paying that offense and keeping that dynamic offense that they have in one piece. So Greg, as far as uh, a grade for the Super Bowl champion chiefs, what do you think? I probably only throw them at a B. 
Uh, the Clyde Edwards pick, we'll have to see how that works out. Like I said, I think that there were more talented running backs available because they were all available at that time. Uh, I really like the Willie Gay Jr. pick. And like I said, uh, down the road, all these later round picks, they're all going to pay off and hopefully they all turn into the players that they expect them to. And like I said, if that's the case and they've got these cheaper starters on defense, they can, they can pay that offense and keep that thing moving. Yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to give these guys an A. Um, I love, I love the Clyde Edwards Hilaire pick. Uh, as I stated, the Kareem hunt years they had where they, that, that offense was very hard to contain. And if this kid brings even half of that element, then this, this offense is going to be doing some crazy things this year. The Willie Gay, like I said, probably first day one starter. And, uh, you know, they got some guys back in this, in this draft, like Greg stated that are going to be sitting for a little while and learning the playbook. And I think in two, three years, we're really going to see this draft class pay off. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm, this is my highest grade. I think the Chiefs got an A. I'm at about an A minus. I'm pretty much between you guys because I, I I agree with a lot of Greg's points. I also agree with yours. I, I love the Clyde Edwards Solaire pick. I love the Willie Gay pick. And I love the safety that they took in the, in the third round. I, I think that those three picks are are good value picks for positions that are of need for the chiefs. Mm-hmm. And I think that it just makes this team scarier. I'm not going to say that they had the third best draft in the league this year. Uh, I know that we talked about the Cowboys and the Ravens as having the two best drafts in the league. I want to say that the chiefs are probably somewhere around the top five. Okay, I, I, I like what they did here. Good. So that's going to do it for us on this episode of Woodbine Sports. Thank you for joining us, and we appreciate your support. Uh, the draft analysis is done, and I'm going to send it over to AY, and he's going to tell you where you can find any of our other draft analysis in case you missed something. Yeah, thank you for tuning in to this year's 2020 draft coverage on our end at Woodbine Sports. We're happy to always include you guys, and thank you for listening to what we got and what we're putting out. Uh, we love having you keep coming back. You can catch us on Spotify, Apple, or uh, Google. We're everywhere a podcast usually is, so just search it in there, Woodbine Sports. And underneath that, uh, we've got the Buffalo Binge as well. So if you're a Buffalo diehard fan, we're going to be talking Buffalo sports uh, all day when we're on the line. So you know, hit that up, Woodbine Sports on Spotify, and you'll find both episodes of Woodbine and Buffalo Binge. Greg, what do you got for us? Don't forget, we're on social media too. We're not just posting about podcast stuff. We're sharing daily news, daily facts. So we're on Instagram at woodbine underscore sports and on Twitter at woodbine sports. So like I said, we're posting there every day. So keep up with us. And I always drop a little bit of podcast extras on there too. So keep an eye out for that. Yeah. Thank thank you all for uh, joining us again. We appreciate it. And uh, this Walk around the cul-de-sac is done. Thank you. Yeah. See ya. See ya.